Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen. We are thrilled to join you on 610 ESPN, ready to help you move into the weekend, talking about all the news in the world of sports. So, Jeff, the Toronto Raptors and St. Louis Blues are champions. That's just how everybody predicted it would be, right? I know a certain celebrity that did not predict that, but that's okay. That's not how you thought yeah. it would work out? No. No? Uh-uh. But, but Drake got it to work, right? He won a title. Seriously, you had to go with Drake. Well, I wanted to start off the show with some excitement for you. Did you stay up to watch? I did. You did? Uh-huh. All right. Did- I mean, look, it was an exciting game. You know, it the injury took a lot out of it for me. Seeing Clay Thompson go down. Uh, was was really difficult to watch. Uh, um, the situation, watching him get carried off the court and then run back on the court because somebody said to him, hey, by the way, if you don't shoot these free throws, you're out for the rest of the game. For him to come back the way he did, shoot those two free throws, make them, by the way, and then start sprinting back on basically on one leg was really impressive to see. But apparently when he went into the locker room, he kept saying to them, let me out. Give me two minutes. I'll be fine. Let me out. And he was on a torn ACL. I mean, that, that's that is impressive to see, but it really does suck the life out of out of the game. It's not his fault, but it kind of took a little away from it for a while. And then you see what the Raptors do, and what the Raptors did was just incredibly impressive. The whole series was just a war of attrition. I mean, you had players going down left and right, players playing injured. I mean, it's what they talk about with gutting it out in the playoffs. Um, you know, we could talk about what the series means, the the win for the Raptors, everything like that. Um, what's the impact on the NBA right now with Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson going down? It's going to change the entire dynamic of not just free agency, but also the draft. Think about it. You have Kevin Durant. He was the main piece that was going to be involved in this. Everybody was going to be going after him, and no chips were going to fall until after he was signed. Now I don't know what people are going to do. I don't know if people – it's difficult because with a torn Achilles, you have a situation where you don't know how he's going to come back. Part of KD's game is explosiveness, and at least for a while, he's not going to have that explosiveness. So now do teams that were – I'll give you an example, the Portland Trailblazers. They probably knew they needed to go out and do something, either either that or they just needed to rebuild. Now they're sitting there saying, hey, we're on the cusp. We can now compete because Golden State is not going to be as strong next year. They they can. And what does a team like the Knicks do right now? I mean, the Knicks were planning their whole offseason around going after Kevin Durant. What does a team like Golden State do now with, with, you know, they didn't know whether they were going to keep Durant. He had the chance to go someplace else. What do they do with Klay Thompson out? I think what they're going to do with Clay Thompson is they're going to they're going to sign him to the max anyway. Clay Thompson is a different kind of player than Durant is. He he's not an exclu- explosive player in, in the is as Steph Curry is, as Kevin Durant is, Kawhi Leonard. He's more of a jump shooter. So I think he'll be okay. And you know, medicine's come a long way with these ACLs. So I think that they'll sign him in the hopes that they can bring him back slowly if they bring him all if they bring him back at all. I heard some people suggesting that what they should do is they should tank next season. How in the world are they going to tank next season? Are they going to tell Steph Curry and Andre Agadala to take the year off too? And by the way, they're moving into a new arena. So I don't think tanking is an option. No, you can't tank with a new arena. You can't tank with a new team. 
you can't do any of those things and take time off. You have to push forward. Let's right. talk a little bit about what we saw in the series. Home court did not hold. You saw five games in a row, one on the road between right. these two teams. You saw the absolute dominance of Toronto, no matter where they were at times, just being able to take Golden State out of their game. Now, I, you know, you saw a lot of memes of there were times where it was Steph Curry and not the guys who they had on the court in the past playing. And it was sort of like LeBron had with the other teams that he had in the right. past. Um, your thoughts on how Toronto played that series? I think they played, in, first of all, I think they played incredible defense. There's, there's no better offensive team in the NBA probably in the last five years than the Golden State Warriors were. And the way that they played defense and the team defense they played was impressive. To me, maybe the most impressive thing, obviously Kawhi Leonard was, is a given for one of the great players of all time. But to me, it was Siakam. Siakam, His growth is amazing. Yeah, in one season. I mean, he he will clearly be the guy who gets the most valuable player. I mean, the most improved player. He he just had an incredible season. The other thing was Fred Van, Van Vliet. I mean, how great a series did he have for a guy that did not come into the league as a Ballyhooed player? He won a G League title last year. He won an NBA title this year. Uh Definitely coming into the league, making an impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, going forward, where does this league stand? I, I, you know, Nick Nurse, th- this is the first time in franchise history Toronto won the title. 23 years and seven months for them to win a title since right. their franchise started. Uh, it's their first major title in Toronto since uh, the memory that I brought up with Pat Borders. Joe Carter hit the home run. <laughs> um, and and so I, I dealt and, and, with that. And for people that... You know, didn't listen to our show yesterday, our High Hope show yesterday. Keep in mind that um, it was it was an incredible uh, interview that we did with Pat Borders last year, and then again this year. I mean, it was it, it really it really was to be able to talk to him and and be able to to talk about that. It brought back all my worst nightmares of Toronto winning a title. Um, the Warriors' home losses in the last seven playoff series. They only lost three games. In this series, they lost three at home. And and that just... Can I finish laughing now, by the way? Can you finish laughing? Yeah. Why, for technical difficulties? Yeah. So, so... We can hear each other now? <laughs> for, for people that might be wondering why there were pauses, Jason and I were confusingly looking at uh, each other because we couldn't hear anything. See, um, live, live radio. <laughs> it makes it special. Um, Nick Nurse. We, look, we, we follow the G League. Yeah. This is a guy who put his time in. He really did. Coached and, at three and, colleges, coached in Belgium, USBL, and, won a G League title. He's He's been there. And, and think about the time, um, the, the situation that he had. Again, technical difficulties, but uh, we'll get over it. Um, so the situation is he comes in from a guy who was the coach of the year. The pressure that he has in that situation to take over this team, to bring in a guy like Kawhi Leonard, and he had to manage his time. Remember, this was a guy who was out most of last year, and nobody knew what the real situation was, and there were questions about it. Well, it turned out those those questions were answered, and he was able to do that. It was it was just impressive to watch the coaching performance. All right, why don't we leave the basketball talk there, and now that we can hear each other, let's get to our guest this week. Jeff, a few weeks ago, you walked around the, the PGA Championship with uh, – 
Pratima Sherpa, who yes. is uh, the number one women's golfer in Nepal, among many other things. We've been following her for a while. You first reached out uh, over a year ago, yeah. right? Uh, and that's how we met Ollie Horowitz, correct? Well, I, I saw her story on, I believe it was 60 Minutes, and then ESPN also did a story about her. Um, and I, I was just so moved by the story and her... You know, we talk about the journey of athletes and what's behind the person behind the person and and seeing her and getting to meet her and hopefully now getting to talk to her. If we can hear her. Pratima, how are you doing? Hi, I'm doing good. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I was so jealous that Jeff got to spend a Saturday with you and I wasn't there. Uh, I hope you talk oh. a few things out there. He, he has a lot to learn. <laughs> So how did, how did you like the experience of the PGA? So it, it's great to see, like, many players playing golf, like, you know, actual professionals, their pressures, like, their uh, tournament strategy. It's just great. What was it like to, to go around and, and watch these pros who you've seen as you've come up? Now you're out there, before we get back to sort of how you've come this far, if we start at the end and work backwards, here you are now watching players that you've tried to pattern your game after or looked up to. Now you're out there on the same course with them. And I, I think Jeff said that people were out there cheering for you and saying they loved you. What's that like? Yeah, that's you know, that's what always like feeling blessed. I always bless. And uh, I, I still kind of be, uh, you know, imagine like being from Nepal, like I am following the professional players and watching their games and uh, you know like their uh, worst game and their actual game their practice down it's, it's like it's unbelievable actually <laughs> so Pratima uh, we first learned about you from, from a story that was on television um, can you tell our audience a little bit about your background where you grew up so yeah Yes, I'm from Nepal, and uh, my mom and dad used to work at a real Nepal golf club, and my dad still does. So I just grew up at golf course, and um, you know I used to see many players playing golf. That's how like I inspired, you know, I I got inspired by them. So, so and uh, so mm -hmm. just to, just to be clear, just so so people understand, you actually grew up in the maintenance shed. Yeah, uh, on yeah. Royal Nepal Golf Course. You're both your yes. both your parents work there. Uh, yeah. And, and your father, I saw the golf club that your father made for you at out of a branch. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was my first club. Yeah. So so, uh, Jason was asking me before the show, and I didn't know the answer to this question. Do you still have that? Yeah, I still have. That's my like you know. That's my lucky uh, stake. You know. Do, do you, forever, do yeah. You, do you carry it in your bag? Oh, no, no, no. It's in Nepal. <laughs> no. It just, it I was, wish I could. <laughs> it was amazing to watch the segment. And, you know, I'm kind of a sentimental guy. And for you to be able to play, like, you watched your, your father put that stick together. And he had spent so much time on the course. And then you, how did you end up getting your chance out there to play once you had the golf club? So, um, you know, I, I was just like uh, uh, swinging the, uh, with the wooden stick and one day 
the president of Nepal Golf Association, like he saw me and he invited me to join the junior camp. And, uh, you know, from that day, like I, I started my like first uh, golf, like real golf, you know, in my life. And then after like two weeks, I won the tournament. It was like fun tournament, but I won tournament. And then everyone like, um, you have to practice. You know, you have a, a talent, so you have to practice, and everyone's well, like, supporting me. The, tor- the so, tournament yeah. that you were in and your youth organization that the president asked you to join, were there any other girls in it, or were you the only one? Oh, no, there were, like, uh, six or seven girls, yeah, yeah. What What has it been like, you know, then you, you go on, you keep playing, and they... They get you a set of clubs, and then all of a sudden you meet Ollie. <laughs> um, yeah, and yeah. Jeff is obviously a fan of Ollie. Uh, he he enjoys getting to hang out with him. How did that come about? Where all of a sudden you're out there, and and here's this caddy who's out there seeing you and talking to you about your golf game. Yeah. So yeah, I was just sitting in the house, like uh, I, yeah, I was talking with my mom and dad, and I got a call from my coach. And he said, like, come over the practice range. There's someone who wants to meet you. And I was like, okay. And this, and, you know, and um, I met Oliver. And he asked me, like, do you want to play? And, of course, yeah. And then we played. Actually, I did not, I had no idea, like, he's going to write about my story. <laughs> so you just thing, thought you, you were know? going out to play golf with somebody. Yeah. And the next yeah, thing you know, exactly. there ends up being a whole yeah. story about it. Yeah, and then no, and then we like uh, after a week we you know shoot something, and I was like, oh my god, and I still like I had no idea like you know he's just gonna write my story. It's it's, it's like normal, so you know like I didn't feel like the big things, but yeah. <laughs> so okay, so now all of a sudden you're starting to get more attention. Um, I saw something in one of the stories about a, a prize possession you got and had a, a framed letter from Tiger Woods. How did that oh, yeah. come about? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so it was on a Saturday. I was just, like, hanging out at the uh, hole in the tree. And uh, uh, some guy, you know, from all of the guys, some people from USA, they came uh, to my house and they said, like, we have a surprise for you. And uh, um, it was in the frame. It was, like, packed. And I just opened, and it was, like, little Tiger Woods. Oh, my God. How, how <laughs> did you know? Crying. Did you, oh, yeah. How did you know about Tiger Woods? Because from the story I saw, I didn't see a television set in, in your home. So, uh-huh, no. Uh, in Nepal, like, everyone knows Tiger Woods. Even though they don't play golf, but everyone knows Tiger Woods. And, you know, when I was, like, five, six, seven years old, like, I've been all heard about, like, Tigers, Tigers, and, you know, I've been watching and um, internet and sometimes TV, yeah. That's amazing. And then and then yeah. you make your, your journey to the United States. How did that come about? So, uh, I, my, I came here first time in 2017 with my coach, Sachin Batrai, and... Um, um, you know, uh, it was like my first experience, like abroad experience, and um, I was nervous on uh, that first year, you know. And but I went to a Santa Barbara City College, but I was still not confident to come here. So um, you know, like 
I took two years to decide, like, should I come here or should I stay in Nepal? But, but uh, I want to be a golf professional in Nepal, uh, golf professional, you know. So uh, in Nepal, like, you don't have, like, actual opportunities uh, compared to here. So I decided to come over here. And I told to my host family, Montana's family, and they were super excited. And, uh, yeah, I'm just here now. Was it, was it hard to, I mean, you, you live, you're the only child, correct? Yeah. yeah so was it hard to, to leave your parents and, and fly literally halfway across the world to someplace you had never been before? It is so hard. It's still like I'm I'm going to uh, Nepal in the summer, but I I already feel like oh my god I'm I'm just uh, gonna stay one month and then I have to come back. I have to leave with my parents, you know. And it feels like oh it's so sad. <laughs> yeah. When you when you came here in seventeen, I, I saw you got to go out and play around with Tiger. He watched your game and. At the time, he said, your swing is perfect. You don't need to change anything. What is yeah, that like yeah. when the person you grew up idolizing tells you, don't change a thing. <laughs> You're all good. <laughs> like, I totally agree. I mean, I, I don't want to say, like, I'm a perfect, but I totally agree because golf is not about your swing. It's about your mental activities, you know? So he said, like, you just have to work on your mentally work. See, I, I need so, to work on my, you know, my like mental golf work. Like, I need to yeah, work on my mental like, work and uh-huh. my swing work, Pratima. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and his timing. And, and, and pretty much everything. Anytime I go on the course, I need to work on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when you, when you came over to the United States, in addition to, to becoming a college student, um, mm-hmm. you have also made your way onto the, the Women's Symmetra Tour. Symmetra, yeah. Yes. So what was what was it like? playing in that first tournament it was it was great like you know the first time um the flag from nepal nepali flag was there nepali flag was flying for the first time at the Sinatra tour you know and it was a very proud moment and i cried that time and also like uh, all the professionals were like they were awesome and you know they were amazing uh, players and i learned a lot from them and uh, yeah, it was a great experience. And yeah, I'm uh, playing another semester tour in the in next weekend in Harris, Michigan. Correct? Yes. Yeah. yeah it's the, the name of the tournament is the Island Resort Championship. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So you said that at the tour, the first tournament you were in, that there was a Nepalese flag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was it like to realize that that you're now in the United States representing a country? So when I saw the Nepali flag, I literally cried, like, oh, my God, I'm representing, like, whole Nepal, not a golf course. You know, not a real Nepal golf course, like, whole Nepal. And if if they have the Olympics, if they have golf in the Olympics next time, is that something that you want to strive to do, is is to to play for Nepal in the Olympics? Oh, my God, that would be, like, a, a dream, yeah. I was definitely want to do. So, are you? Are you? Do you watch all the golf you can on TV now when you can see it? Are you watching the the majors this weekend and everything going on? So, I went to watch the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach. Jeff is Sounds Jeff tough. is Jeff is very <laughs> jealous of that right now. Uh, are you, are you there to, were you there today? 
No, I just came uh, yesterday night. Yeah. Did you play? Have you played at Pebble I, Beach? I, no, I didn't. No, no, no. I want to play one day. Uh, you have. <laughs> you haven't played there yet. Though. I haven't played. No. It. I really want to play though. Ollie might get jealous, but Jeff is willing to caddy just yes. so that he can walk That's on right. that grass. Yeah, That's if really. If it comes down yeah. to me or, me or Ollie, I'll push him right into the ocean so I could caddy. What was it like for you to be there though to see those golfers practicing and playing out on that amazing golf course that most of us only yeah. get to see on TV? Yeah, one thing I noticed that, you know, they, because, like, we, uh, like, you know, professional, also, like, professional, uh, the golfer professional, they only uh, hit, like, a very serious kind of like, the, but they were, like, having fun, you know, with golfing, with practicing. They were smiling, they were laughing, and it's like, oh, yeah, that's a golf, you know? <laughs> it's not a, like, a, just a, uh, focusing on your golf. Like, we need a focus, but also we need a fun, you know? And they were having fun, and uh, yeah, they were practicing. It was amazing to see, like, oh, that's a golf. Like, are you able to have fun out there? I, I saw in the ESPN story you, you said golf's my passion, golf's my best friend, so I can't lose, which I thought yeah. was an awesome attitude. But I've lost plenty, even though I love golf. Um, mm-hmm. can, are you able to enjoy it out there and be in that moment, like you were seeing some of the pros yesterday, or? Are you still real focused on on just trying to to reach that goal? I, you know what, I always tell to my my friends and my host family, like I just love to spend time at the golf course. You know, just working with the green uh, uh, greens, like the environment, peaceful environment, and just hitting ball. I just was, I just love to uh, hang out at the golf course. And my host sister was asking, like how can you do like spend like six, seven hours at the same golf course? And I was like, no, it's fun. Like, you know, I just love to. You're like, I'll stay there longer if I could. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever, you know, whenever I go to golf course, I feel like, oh my God, I'm in home now, you know, because I've been, I I grew up at a golf course and it always feel like whenever I go to golf course, oh, I'm, I'm in home now, you know? So yeah. Are, Are your parents still living in the same house? Yeah, they're still living at the same, yeah. I heard that they recently had the opportunity to come over to the U.S. for the first time. Oh, yeah, they came last year. It was so amazing. So that time, you know, my my dad and mom saw the, like, city college, and my uh, mom and dad uh, made my host family again, and my dad was like, you got to come here. If you want to be professional, you got to come here. Like, he was like, yep, you know, this is the perfect place for you. And I was like, okay, yay. <laughs> So where where did you take your family? Did they only go to California or did you take them? They only go to California, yeah. But but yeah. you had a chance to go to New York. That's where I got to see you. So what was it like for you the first time that you got to New York, go to New York City? So New York, I was in last year, oh. uh, uh, yeah, for uh, premiere of my documentary. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I traveled alone because that time my parents did not get a visa, you know. Right. So I, I, yeah, I, uh, I traveled alone and it was, um, New York kind of like, it reminded me like, kind of like Kathmandu, Nepal, you know, it's like lots of people, like busy and like crowded. Yeah. It was amazing. Like last time, like I made Tiger Woods. (laughs) (laughs) So all these amazing things happen. You come over here, you're playing golf. There's a documentary. There's, there's ESPN stories. You meet Tiger. What do you take from it? If if somebody wants to to chase their dreams like you do, what advice do you give to them? Uh, I think you have uh, you have always you know 
uh, goal, of course, you and you do have a, like a big dream. And then, you know, it's all about hard work, your patience and your sacrifices, I think. Because, you know, uh, being away from parents, it's so hard. Like, it's, it's I always miss my parents and they always miss me. And, you know, that that's the sacrifices. And then, you know, to get something... Uh, to get something, we need to uh, give something. So yeah, I think just just hard work plus uh, patience is called the success. So if you do hard work, you will get success. You know, What's and of course, and life life is. I think you know the life is amazing journey, and yeah, we just have to be a fun and hard work. Yeah. You, you know, I w- I was going to ask a question, but you just said the perfect thing life life is a journey and i can tell you from having met you for a short time is your personality is infectious uh you you really are an inspiration and and anybody who's ever tried something and said they can't do it should just look at your documentary in your life and realize that that anything can be overcome um we wish you the, the greatest success. The best of luck with it, and, and we look forward to talking to you and, and following your continued success. And good luck next oh, thank weekend you in so Michigan. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you so much for the time. You have a great one. Oh, thank you. Today. Take it easy. Thank you. Jeff, I, I mean, you want to talk about a story. Yeah. Like <laughs> a journey. The, the, the journey is amazing. And, and for people who, if you haven't seen, of all the, the, the stories that have been done about her, Check out the ESPN uh, documentary. It's called Twenty-four a, minutes, and it's worth every second yeah, of it's watching. It's called it. a mountain to climb. It's narrated by uh, Tom Rinaldi, and it it only goes up to 2017. So you got a, an update from it today, but it, it truly is inspirational in, in such a good way. I mean, there's there's virtually nothing bad about that story. It's it's just watching a, a young person just grow up and achieve something that you would never ever imagine could happen and i mean look i i enjoy it she grew up on the golf course you know i spent my younger years cutting cranes and and having people hit golf balls having at people you. hit yeah. golf balls uh-huh. at me and uh-huh. and working at the the practice tee and so mm-hmm. um to see somebody who's been around it that that gets that bug yeah and um the thing i enjoyed from the piece and they they closed the espn piece in 2017 she did not qualify at q school and a couple hours later, she was back out practicing. Yeah. And, and that's where you can see what it is to them, to the athlete themselves. And so we talk about the journey. This is a journey. <laughs> the other thing is, is I mean, we've often talked about um, the good in sports, the, the bad in sports, the, the good parents and the bad parents is the way they sometimes push kids too far. That doesn't – this is a person who was born with this passion. I mean – that her 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 father actually said you shouldn't do this, and not to discourage her, but just because this wasn't something that he thought she could achieve based on their their station in life, and and she said no, and she kept going. Well, and now and, she said her father said you need to be here. Yeah. So I mean that's kind of coming full circle too. It's Father's Day weekend, and yeah, and, and that's and, pretty cool. You know. Th- in watching that piece from a father's point of view, you sit there and didn't you didn't you just sit there and say like you felt when when the father said those things, you know, that and and said I wish I could have done more. I enjoyed the passion of her parents to try and give what they could. Yeah, you, you could see 
that they recognized what they had and they wanted to give their daughter every chance to achieve everything that she wanted and to now watch her come to where she is uh, it is pretty impressive. Well, for any anybody, again, that sees this piece and, and reads her story, realize that for all of you who think that you, because of uh, you know, your job or how much money you make, that you can't do something for your kid, I would argue that, that those two parents gave her everything she needed. They gave her drive. They gave her love. And as a result of that, look at the, the way that she's living her life. I mean, could you not see the smile on her face through, through the, the audio yeah yeah it, you, it, it it really is it's just amazing all right jeff take a deep breath get mm-hmm. your voice ready because you're going to do a read through the break for one of our new mm-hmm. advertisers then when we come back we'll talk a little sixers we'll talk a little phillies we'll talk a little soccer we'll talk everything you ready jeff but now we're going to talk a little doggies go ahead yep so for our family our pets are our four-legged children we're always looking for the best for our toller chase That's why we're so excited that Heart and Paw is opening their first pet care center right in our backyard in King of Prussia. Heart and Paw is reimagining pet care from the ground up and bringing the best of all the things you need for the healthiest pets into one elevated location. Plus, their services are easily accessible through their app and website, so it's not just a great experience for my dog, but also convenient for me, and we know that's important. Care, stay, play, style. Heart and Paw is your partner in pet parenthood. They're hosting a launch party on Saturday, June 22nd, and two and four-legged friends are invited. Chase and I will definitely be there. You can call Heart and Paw today at 484-965-3535. Again, that's 484-965-3535. Or learn more at www.heartandpaw.com. I still think you should have let me bark that for you i still i was waiting for it i i oh you were waiting for it i was waiting for you you to bark through it i thought you were gonna get like all upset and not be able to do the read and (laughs) and then be lost and blame me we've already had our glitch for the day it will be a good time with chase out there and we thank far by the way you know you're you're always talking to me yes about facebook live right yes and and we should do more of facebook live yes get with the tech jeff so i ask you as a result of the first five minutes of this show. Oh, we should have Facebook Live that. They could have enjoyed our faces. And, and by the way, the team here in correcting it did a great did job. A, did an amazing job. Yeah, the guys on the other side of the glass but, got it all but, fixed for us. But for those that haven't figured out from Jeff's listening. Jeff's face was classic. Yeah, <laughs> but for those that, that haven't listened from the, the jump for the last three years, um, Jason and I are both relatively type A personalities. <laughs> and, and there was a lot of mind discussion going back and forth of, don't look back. Don't pay attention to it. Just look forward. That's for and, Jeff. I'm staring at with yeah, the yeah. chaos on the so, other side of the glass while they're trying to get us sound. So. And he's literally saying with his eyes, don't turn around. Well, because, Jeff, we, be know okay. that if, we know that if you turn around, it won't go well. So, <laughs> okay. Before we get to sports, it's Father's Day. Yes. And you know, no, we no. talked about it this. It will be. It will be. We talked about this a little bit at Mother's Day and the the role that my mom had with, with some of my sports involvement. You've coached your son's teams. I, I've told you before, some of my best sports memories are with my dad and dads. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time I remember my dad and my stepdad going anywhere together was the 93 National League uh, Championship Series against the Braves. We sat up in the 700 level with my brother and I and my two dads. And to me, that was the coolest experience I had. There were 
I remember going to the Barkley game where he and Jordan just went off Sixers Bulls in the night. In I was there. So like those are moments that I've been to a lot of games. Yeah, I remember those special ones. Mm-hmm. I know that you have fun memories with your son for Father's Day about going to games. I, I admire how much time you guys spend together going to them. Any thoughts on the holiday weekend? Profound, Profound Jeff. You know, look, <laughs> no, I, I will tell you because I did choke up a little bit. I mean, uh, look, the, I remember certain things about my own father and, and doing things with him. He wasn't really into sports a lot, but but I remember even when he was ill, sitting with him and, and watching that Tiger Woods, that amazing round that he had in the U.S. Open, that, that amazing tournament, and just sitting there and watching it with him. I'll never forget that. And with my son, while it wasn't Father's Day, um, the moments that I treasure most are, are sitting there and watching games. Like, he can still remember who made the last out, who did those things. But I remember his face. I remember his reaction the first time he went to a baseball game and literally at two and a half years old just stared and that's for what nine I look, innings. That's what I look forward to, seeing my son's reaction. It's funny. I, I was at the Union game last Saturday night, and I did Facebook Live from the press box. And I then video chatted with my son, who was at home with my parents, and I turned it around to show him the grass on Ho- the field. Hopefully it wasn't by the Sens of Ben area. No, I okay, did. Okay. It was early. They weren't right. there. But yeah. I just showed him how big the field was. Uh-huh. And you could see how wide his eyes got. He wasn't even there to see it. And, you know, I come home and he's like, let's play basketball. And he's there shooting at his little net, which, of course, we're both short. So neither of us are ever going to dunk. But still, I can do that with my son. <laughs> Like those wait, are wait, cool wait. I've things. seen pictures of your son dunking, you holding it him up. It was a short basket, and I held him up. That's the closest a Springer will Take, ever come to dunking a ball. Look. Let's just acknowledge what we have going on here, okay? Uh, I, I was, I was I've trying accepted to give you a my credit. short lot in life. It's not going to work out for me. That's why I have a microphone instead of a basketball, Jeff. By the way, my, my most profound statement that I've unfortunately ever made to my son was we were at the World Series in 2008 when they won. Please and, tell me you didn't want to leave. And, no, I did want to leave. He wouldn't oh, let God. me leave. So we were there, and then we were stuck at, in the parking I lot. I should but, totally do this show with your son. <laughs> He's such a better sports fan than you are. <laughs> but I said to him, you know, remember this, because it doesn't happen every year. Because think about it. He was six. During his l- memories lifetime, the Phillies were good. For most of the hundred years before that. They weren't. They weren't. So in his world, the Phillies were always going to be like this. And I remember him saying to me about three years ago, I remember you saying that to me. (laughs) I thought you were wrong back then, but now I realize That was one of those hard hard lessons. Well, look, I told you, and we told Pat Borders, if anybody wants to listen, uh, last night on our High Hope show, we had our interview with Pat Borders, who's now... The Williamsport Crosscutters manager. And you did mention it to him again. I did mention it to him again um, at the time uh, he was on the 93 Toronto team. And I I tell the story of how I woke my dad up. We're coming back to Philadelphia. We had tickets to game seven. Joe Carter hits the home run. My dad looks at me and says, welcome to being a sports fan and goes back to bed. And that was my (laughs) intro to sports. Philadelphia sportsdom of understanding. There was no consoling you. It was just no, none at welcome all. Look, to being a Philadelphia sportsman. He wanted me to understand fan. that there is no breaks being a Philadelphia fan. You're not getting consoled at all. Right. 
Uh, all right. So that's a little Father's Day stuff. I am looking forward to spending some time with my son. I'm, I'm sure you guys will catch a game at some point around to celebrate with I'm your son. I'm not going to console you. Though. No, you don't have to no, console okay, me. Sorry. It's okay. Uh, do you want to go back and do baseball? Hockey? I can honestly tell you I have no idea what we were talking about before, Pratima. Basketball. We were talking about how Nick Nurse has been everywhere. See, one of us pays attention to what's going on in the show, and then there's you. That's what happens. So it's no look. The the chaos made it. it you know, it was just like okay, Take can we fill time? Can we get her on for your inability yeah. to remember here? I think we got most of our comments out. I, I what I wanted to say about Nick Nurse is he's the guy who took the journey. Yes. You know, we do our G League show for the Blue Coats, and we talk about the struggles that those players and coaches go for. He has been successful at every stop of the way, and the guts of the general manager in Toronto to make the moves that he made, firing a head coach who won Coach of the Year last year, making the move to DeMar DeRozan to get Kawhi Leonard now, on one-year deal, and I want to make a po- the move wait, for, for I Gasol. Make, I want to make a point about that DeRozan trade because it wasn't just trading their best player for Kawhi Leonard. Remember... Everybody was afraid of whether Kawhi Leonard was injured or not, whether he would be able to play. And more importantly, who was the second best player on Toronto last year? It was our local guy, Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeMozan were best friends. He said he's going to FaceTime him afterwards. Well, But it it was amazing because apparently Kawhi Leonard sent a text to Kyle Lowry right after that trade happened saying, we're going to make the best of this. Yeah. and it, they did. Yeah, they did. And, and now they're champions. Uh, let's talk about another champion. Okay, on January 6th, the St. Louis Blues were 16, 19, and 4. They had 36 points. Mm-hmm. Do you know who else had that exact, almost that exact same record, 15, 20, and 6? Probably nobody. They the were in Flyers. last place, weren't they? They had the same record as the Flyers. They were in 29th. The Flyers were in 30th. You know somebody plunked down a lot of money? $400 on St. Louis Blues won 100 grand. And his friend put two hundred dollars down and won fifty grand because they were in last place at the time. They are. This was the seventeenth game seven in Stanley Cup Finals history, and the first since two thousand eleven. Home teams were twelve and four going in. They're they're thirteen or twelve and five now. I love hockey, the Stanley Cup Finals. I love the handshakes. Um, I I don't think there's a better thing in sports. I was hoping for a little bit of a closer game in Game 7. Mm-hmm. But Game 7 is is Game 7. Did you watch? Yeah, and and you're right about the handshake. The handshake is what's what's good in sports at the end. It is kind of awkward, though, to see one team skate all the way down. They're all climbing on top of each other, and then somebody kind of taps them on the shoulder and goes, hey, hey, we we got to go shake hands. But how's that for respect that the team who loses waits? Yeah, they don't leave and, the ice. And they, they don't they stay there. They don't go too long. You want to talk about amazing stories and series – uh, their goalie, Bennington, was a third-round pick. He was a rookie. Went from three minor league teams between 2011-2018. He started the season as the fourth-string goalie assigned to the AHL. Given a chance to start for the last-place team, ends up holding the Bruins to one goal in Game 7 and brings back a title. That is a storybook year for you, Jeff. Yeah, I'm just going to bring this down just for one second. Why? Did they have to pick Gloria as their song? Do you know how that started? No. It started here in Philadelphia. So the St. Louis Blues were here when the Eagles were playing in the playoffs, and they were watching the game at a Mummer's bar, and the song Gloria came on, and they started to sing it at the bar, and they thought everybody was having fun, and these players that were there decided to take it back to the team. So it actually started here in Philadelphia. So you should. So you want to take credit for it? 
not me. Mm-hmm. I, I had nothing to do with it, but it, there is a local tie to it. I'm so glad that well, you brought that up. There's actually two local, two more local ties in the Braden Craig Shen. Berube and Braden Yeah, Shen. I mean, Craig Berube. How many for, Flyers have won titles now that aren't Flyers? I don't know. A lot. <laughs> well, I have to, well obviously, a, a lot more than actually Jeff. won here. But Craig Berube was a guy, he won the Calder Cup for the Phantoms. Uh, and he has had a great career. And everybody kept doubting whether or not he could be an NHL coach. Is there anybody that doubts whether Berube was will be a great NHL coach now? You either love Berube or yeah. you hate Berube, and that team. Why would you hate him? Because not everybody likes that style of coach. Yeah, it's not hate him as a person, but hate his coaching style. He's no excuses. There's no breaks of the rules. He has a style, and you either buy in. And this St. Louis team bought into what Craig Berube was doing. That's. That's it. They just right. they bought in. I'm with you. They're the first team from any of the four major North American sports leagues to win a title after placing last place in the league standing after one quarter of the year. In any league. So, I mean, that's what you saw this week with Toronto exercising a 23-year-old demon. St. Louis winning their first cup in 52 years, I think it was. Right. So some long-suffering fans got mm-hmm. a little nourishment to their, their agony. And they only and have two professional sports teams they, of, of the big four. They are The Blues are only the seventh team to win the Cup after a midseason coaching change. By the way, uh, I'm not a Bruins fan at all. But Chara? He broke to, his jaw in multiple to pl- places. To play with a broken jaw. What would they say? He's a hockey player, Jeff. I know, but but just think of that. It's crazy. Especially, and I'll tell you, and don't make the short, tall thing. I'm just saying, <laughs> when, when you are as tall as he is... People are coming at you yes. from underneath. So regardless of whether or not you have that that mask that he had on, you're still getting hit. And people who have broken their jaw will tell you, every jolt to your body goes Hurts. right to your... I don't even know if he can chew. I don't know if it was wired shut or not. But they, they said that he couldn't talk, which is another th- amazing thing. There was a play that he made where the puck actually got behind the goalie. And he dove in behind it and stopped it with his stick. Yeah, it was it was definitely amazing. Well, Flyers news, by the way. Um, they acquired Matt Niskanen from the Capitals in exchange for Ratko Gudis. So we're going to win a title now, who, right? Who we were talking about interviewing. Ratko? Yeah. Sorry. Oh, well. You missed your chance. Mm-hmm. Um, Ruby, Richards, Carter, Brindamore, Recky, and Shen. Thank you from the other side of the glass. Our Flyers <laughs> who have won a title since not being Flyers. So um, good for them. I would love a title here at home. Uh, We will be able to start next season not saying the thing we've said for our three years on the air now. We have been on the air three years now, Jeff. How crazy is that? Oh, That's a long time. Where's my gift? (laughs) What are you talking about? Gift. You get to sit across from me every week and look at me. That's a gift. Come on. Wow. Where did this ego come from? Ego. Shortest ego Wait till the station finds out that you can't get your head through the door. So they're going to have to actually widen the door. Shortest ego you've ever seen, Jeff. All right, let's get some Phillies going on right now. Can we talk Phillies? Or are you worried my head won't fit through the door to talk about it? Go ahead, Mr. Ego. <laughs> Mr. Ego. That's <laughs> definitely a title that I haven't had before. Can we talk good news about the Phillies first? Yeah. They raised a lot of money yesterday for ALS. They raised seven hundred and sixty eight grand at the Phillies Festival to help support ALS. Uh, definitely a great cause. We talk about the impact that sports and teams can have on the community. I told you how growing up uh, Lou Gehrig was a – Remember my fraternity and alum that we we raised money for ALS. That was one of our charities. Just so we're not clear, when I you was did there, not Jeff, play at the You are the time. only person who cannot handle the distinction between that, and you have to clarify every time. 
It's okay, though. The moral of the story is that we raised money for ALS. Okay. And the Phillies did yesterday, and, and good on them for doing that. Now on the baseball well, field. Well, before we go on from that, though, I mean, we, we talk about teams that, are, that do this. Um, the Lakewood Blue Claws, who we cover extensively, are again doing their salute to service. And what they have done and what we're asking our audience to do is you can buy and donate tickets to members of the military because there is a military base close to there. So if you can, please call the Blue Claws, buy a couple tickets, and, and treat some service people to a night out. We're going to buy some tickets again, right? Yep, we're yeah, going to we'll, do it. Yeah. We'll have a good time. We'll mm-hmm. make sure we go and do that. And you can throw out the ball for this time. The only reason you want that is so that you can watch me spike the ball and you can laugh. Use your other hand. I'm not Ryan Lennox. <laughs> I don't spike the ball <laughs> like that. Um, there is video of him him doing that last year. That was awesome. That was fantastic yes. and amazing. I love I, look. I, the Reading games are a blast. That was the best moment. That was beautiful. Forget all the home runs, the, strikeouts. The Phillies begin a series this weekend against the Braves. They currently sit in second place, a game and a half back at 38 and 30. They play 26 consecutive games against National League teams, including 16 on the road. They're 15 and nine in division so far. They were 5-5 five and five last week while the Braves were 8-2, and two, and the Braves are on a seven-game win streak as the Phillies head into Atlanta. The Phillies, the good news is they will not face either of the big two pitchers Soroka. for Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So that is good. Yeah. The bad news is they got some holes to fill right now. Uh, Jared Eikhoff in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's starting Sunday, Jeff? I don't TBD. Know. Is that a pitcher that I know of? Look, TBD? If, if I had my druthers. You want Cole Irvin back up to start again. I know what you want. Um, I, yeah, well. You know, <laughs> I know what you want. Well, you know what? Then I, Here's what I'm doing. I'm going home. Jeff's taking off I'm his headset. I'm taking off my headset, and you can just do the show answering the questions for me. <laughs> How's that? Bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you look devastated. Uh, you can see how upset I am on my face. <laughs> what devastates me is that the Phillies are on pace to allow 265 home runs this season. And yeah, but, 23 that, but that's of their 20, every team. 23 of their 24 pitchers have allowed a home run. Do you know the only Phillies pitcher this season this is, who hasn't that's given such up a home a use, run? That's such a useless stat. Do you know the only only Phillies pitcher this season who hasn't given up a home run? He's not on the Phillies anymore. Aaron Altair. That's the only person who's gone onto the mound for the Phillies and has not given up a home run this season. You could tell me what you want about stats. That is not normal. That's not a stat. That's not normal. That's that every st- single person has given up a home run. Have you not noticed that the... the home runs are up in the... Yeah, so... Yes, not the extent that the Phillies are giving them up. They're giving them up at a higher rate than other teams are right now. They're... they're I'm not going to try They're and convince fighting you. fighting for first place. Okay, I've, I've Are made, we done with the negative stats? They've allowed 14 more than other NL how, teams. how about Scott Kingery? I was going to say, I'm getting there. Okay. In 36 games, he's at 315 and a 961 OPS. He leads the Phillies. How about Zach Evelyn? Although they wasted his eight innings, start at home, he's been unhittable. Yeah, he, you had to throw in a negative. Just stay with the positive. He had eight innings of beautiful right. baseball. Like, that's what you want out of your starter. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it's they got that. He has been a pleasant surprise. And how did they get him? In the trade, right? Yeah. Do Go you ahead. Know for him? Don't ask me on the air. Jimmy Rollins. That's right. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, that was another Ruben Amaro trade. Vince Velasquez finding a home in the bullpen. Are you happy about that? He seems to be trying to get the eighth inning role that Sir Anthony Dominguez has lost. I'm cool with that. You know that's something that I've wanted for yes. a really long time. Uh, what I'm concerned about oh, is, no, whether, you're concerned is about whether them. or not they're going to 
thrown back as a starter this Sunday. They don't seem to want to. They seem to want to get him in the mentality of being a bullpen guy. Well, see, and that's that leads to the second point, which is my weekly preach, which is they need roles. I, I don't want these guys pitching just randomly. They, they need to have a closer, which Hector seems to have locked up the closer role, right? But they and, still and won't they, call him a closer. Why not? What do they have against labels? I don't know. Like, just say, he's my closer. He's my setup I, man. Just define the role. Life is, is not only about challenges. It's also about being able to know your strengths and know your own weaknesses. And I think people know their strengths and weaknesses when, when things are defined for them or they can define them. And I don't think just moving people around makes sense. You're not ready mentally and physically. And no matter how many times they say, well, you're, you're getting paid a million dollars, you should be able to be ready. No, you need to have a role. That's look at last year's. I'll give you just the hitting. Look at last year. People were being moved around like chess pieces all season. This year, Gabe's able to put a lineup until the injuries. Was able to put a lineup there, and people were succeeding because they knew their roles. They knew what their responsibilities were. And when you know when your responsibilities are, you pitch different, you hit different, you know that you're you're not the power hitter in a certain situation that you're supposed to move people around. It's those kind of things that make baseball. And I know what you're going to say. This is get off my lawn. No, no, it's not. Actually, I was saying, unfortunately, with the McCutcheon injury, you're starting to see some of that shuffling again. Cesar has scuffled uh, at the top of the lineup. Segura is going to be the leadoff hitter hitter tonight. So Gabe's going to have to find the lineup that he wants to go with now with the injuries that he's had. Because even when everybody's healthy, McCutcheon is not coming back. So so why not give... Kingery, the chance at the top of the lineup. I think that's where he needs to end he's up. Is got, at the top he's of the got, lineup. He's a smart base runner. Smart base runner speed, has some speed. Doesn't strike out as much as Caesar does. Nope. And then you can leave Segura in the second spot, which I like him. I like Segura at two, Harper at three, mm-hmm. Hoskins at four, Real Muto at five. I like that part of the lineup. I'd rather keep Caesar at six, put Kingery at leadoff, and then have the rest of the guys in there. Yeah. That's how I well, prefer to see well, the line. Well, I wouldn't put I wouldn't put Caesar at six. I put Jay Bruce at or six. Caesar at seven yeah. is how I'd, I'd do it. I mean, when when they traded for Bruce, everybody said, "Oh, he's going to be a good player off the bench." He's turned about to be a great player so far in the regular lineup. Roman Quinn likely to return this weekend. At he's a break. Done, yeah, at, he's done really well down at Clearwater. It is Clearwater, but um, let's give him a chance. It's going to be. You know, it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen because Kingery seems to have settled in at center field. And Roman could fit there with Kingery moving to third. But I just like Kingery in center field. And, and look, we have to give kudos to Pedro Gomez because we were at spring training doing our show. And Pedro Gomez was the first guy that said, hey, hey by the way, Kingery can play center and he should get a shot there. I am concerned about Mikel Franco. At third, and so I think that that is still Kingery's best place on this team right now. I think they're stronger if they have somebody in center field and Kingery's at third, just because of the inconsistency of Mikel Franco. And by the way, recently. don't tell me Alec Bohm should be brought up because oh, I've come act- on. I've heard people say this. He's at he's at high he's A. At right high now. A. He'll I, be at double A by the end of the month. That's, yeah, you that's... you think he'll be at uh, at Reading by July four? Yes. All right, we'll look forward to hopefully seeing him up there. Can we talk a little soccer? Can we? Okay. All right, I'm going to calmly get this out. Hey, by the by the way, first of all, 
to uh, Sammy Mewis and, and Carly Lloyd, our, our guests of a couple weeks ago. We were on ago. the show a few weeks ago. Sam Mewis scored two goals. Carly Lloyd scored, scored one. Alex Morgan put up scored five. Scored five. Um, that's a crooked number right there. Mm-hmm. So the U.S. women won their first game 13 to nothing, and the world went crazy, Jeff, uh, because, you know, women can't score 13 goals. It's See, not nice. Uh, again, I don't think the world went crazy. I think certain people the, in media the media went crazy. Not, the same not everybody. Go some crazy of them. every time because they're looking for something to be outraged about. Right. Okay. Until, there has to be. There doesn't have to be a negative story for every positive story. First of all, until they get rid of goal differential, mm-hmm. don't tell me somebody scored too many goals. Right. Just don't come at me with that. Because what happens if the next? Obviously, Thailand's not. What happens very if they good. get shut out for the rest of the World Cup and it comes down to goal differential? And well, and then what happens if somebody in their own bracket gives up fourteen goals the next game? Yeah. I mean, gets 14 goals against Thailand. Then, then you have a situation. The goal differential thing is a difficult thing to deal with. Now, I will say, once you've scored uh, 10 goals or so, you don't need to celebrate as much. You're it's not generally a celebration th- guy. To huh? You're not generally a celebration guy. No, but I've come around to it. Uh, but, but I just think it's, at some point, there's no reason. You're, I believe in celebrating when something really Good all right, so I'm going to ask the question all the time. Would this happen if it was a men's team, Jeff? Would anybody pay attention yes, I, or I, care? I, I don't believe Really? Because I don't remember when people cared when men's basketball blew out Angola in 1992. Like, it was the yeah, dream but they, team. But, but, is they, destroying but they people. weren't dancing around and celebrating. But why isn't this women's team? Yeah, and wait, and wait, wait a second. They did give the U.S. team a hard time when they ran it up against Why Angola. isn't this women's team just considered a dream team that was that good? They are. It, it was the, they, they are that They good. had to be in the wrong. And I just don't understand that the, the always looking to assign blame to something. Just enjoy greatness. I agree with you. Just enjoy what you saw. It was amazing. I missed you Saturday night, though. Oh. It was really fun down at the Union. That was so sarcastic. It, no, I never really missed you. It was a packed <laughs> house there. Sold uh, out. Sold out. Union. I, I was actually there with a Red Bull fan friend. Uh, we were sitting... And, was, and he left unharmed. Okay, he left unharmed. See, so we were Philadelphia sitting, is a good place. We were actually sitting just a section over from the Red Bulls cheering section, which was next to the Sons of Ben section. Well, it's up in the top corner. So right? as you can imagine, right by the river. I heard a lot of good stuff yeah. all night long. Now, the Red Bull fans were very loud. What do you at the define as good game. stuff? Stuff that I can't See, say on the radio have, without we're, our we're have to have like a, a dropping the ex- whole conversation or muting my mic. We're going to have to have like an extra time where we can discuss this stuff. Extra unofficial time yes, because right. it can't yeah. be official uh-huh. on the air. Um, the the stadium was pretty silent when the union went down to nothing. All of a sudden, three goals in the second half to come back. What is what is it about this team that the second half they just explode for goals they roared back in the second half el senior was unbelievable yeah he should have had a hat trick some of the moves that he had and that stadium i haven't heard it that loud in a long long time you're going to keep hearing it i think i think this is going to be this the summer of the union i think that most of the games the rest of the season are going to be sold out if they're not we should be embarrassed as a city and I think that this is a team that's going to go into the playoffs and and, and Philadelphia Union soccer is going to take off. Because, again, all of this has happened without their star player playing a lot. So when Fabian starts playing and gets into the groove, this is this team's going to be unstoppable. And we are working on getting some more interviews with the Union, and we'll we'll keep covering that. The Union went into the Gold Cup break officially in first place in the East, second overall. They're the only team even in distance of L.A. Football Club. They're on pace for 62-point season. 
They are first in points, points per game, wins, goals scored, and goal difference. And, and by the way, if you look at like the top 10 paid players in, in the league, none of them are on the union. They're doing this as a team. Well, Ernie Johnson has done an amazing job putting yeah. the team together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think he's done for this season. I don't think they're going to rest on their laurels. You think he's going to keep making moves? Yeah, I do. Jeff, we've got two minutes left. We we touched on the Women's World Cup. Are you watching it on TV? Do you, I mean, I, I really enjoyed yeah. J.P. Delacamera's call on the game. Of course I am. Are, are you, you stay up and wake mm-hmm. up? and? Well, I, I mean, if the game's on I actually in the morning, it's, I'm not going to watch it. It's daytime but. soccer, so while I'm working in the afternoon, I can throw on a game. <laughs> I don't mind it. I'm, I'm like that. I've got that, and now I've got co- the College Baseball World Series. Okay, I'm going to give you time. We are going to be – okay, so I'm going to give you time to talk about Michigan because you're yeah. excited. But we're also going to be at Reading Tuesday night for Chad Henney night. Which will also be a Michigan-related event. I know you're going to so, be very So first excited. of all, Michigan has made, the Michigan baseball team has made the College World Series for the first time since 1984. Woo-hoo! That team had Barry Larkin on it. My goodness. The amazing thing was they were playing the number one team in the country in UCLA. Uh, they were huge underdogs. And they brought out their pitcher, Tommy Henry, who is the second-round pick for the Rockies this year. And he pitched seven amazing innings and he did so with pneumonia they didn't realize it was pneumonia until afterwards but it was just an incredible performance um and college baseball the college world series is 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 really an impressive event and if you saw yesterday they actually played a major league game there for the first time so there was a major league baseball game in the state of nebraska for the first time ever that's pretty cool have you ever gone to i figured that was like a jason stat that that is a Jason yeah. stat. Have you ever gone to the College World Series? No, I haven't. That seems like I would something like to go, that seems Michigan like something makes that, it, I, that I you would and like Alex to go should year. go to. Yeah. Well, if Michigan makes it, are you going to go this year? Maybe. You know, if Michigan makes the final, you, you got to go. And then out there I and can do call it. into the show. All right, Jeff, you got a couple seconds. Any profound thoughts for Father's Day? Literally a couple uh, seconds. Other than the go blue. That was profound. Okay, there you happy go. Father's happy Father's Day to Happy you. Father's Day to everybody. And to everybody out there, thank you so much for joining us with this week. Make sure to join us next Friday night to help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.